My name is Kelly McMahon, and you are listening to Unconventional Wisdom, a podcast that explores the mysterious histories and curious origins of things. For my very first Massachusetts Daily Collegian episode, I am joined by a very special guest, Haley Farilla. Yo, what's up? So we're going to be talking about the history of the banana crop and how that plays a really key role in the flavoring that you taste in artificial banana candies. Because believe it or not, the flavoring you taste in banana candies does not actually come from the bananas we eat today. That's right. So, um, I like bananas. I'd have to disagree. Haley doesn't like bananas. (laughs) No, I do not. Um... Haley absolutely hates bananas, and that's why she's on the show today. This this kind of started because we were we were getting a little brekkie at at Frank one morning, and I think I was eating a banana, and then I think you were like, you were judging me for I was it. Just trashing on you. <laughs> You're trash. I had a banana this morning for breakfast. How does that make you feel? That's disgusting. That's the worst way to start off your morning. It's it was- Tuesday, and you wake up, and you're like, "Let me eat a banana." That's disgusting. I think a lot of people do that, though. I woke up and I ate leftover Valentine's Day candy, and that's a win. <laughs> if we're thinking about where bananas actually originated, so to your uh, dismay, bananas have been around for about ten thousand years. So. Long. So they're actually considered to be possibly the world's oldest fruit. Back in around 327 BCE, Alexander the Great invaded India, and he thought bananas were awesome, and he introduced them to the Western world. So you can thank Alexander the Great for uh, the rampant bananas everywhere. Yeah. He stole that shit and marketed it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, like, this is, look at what I found. Like, you didn't find that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and we're, we're going to see that as we keep going through the banana history. It's just more of this same thing. So ancient bananas were nothing like the bananas we have now. I mean, they were very small. They had very little of the actual like, banana pulp, and they're mostly made up of hard seeds. Like, if you look up a picture of an ancient banana, they look terrifying. But obviously, so old bananas were actually good for, you know, growing actual banana trees. Like, you try and carve those tiny little sesame seed-looking seeds out of a current banana and try and planting that, that's not going to grow into a tree. I was tree. just about to be like, how are we planting bananas today? <laughs> like, you just bury a banana and no. open a new tree grow? No, no, these modern bananas, you cannot grow a tree from those measly little seeds. Those things are, like, tiny. So the first banana was super small. And because of that, we think that the name or the theory that the name for banana came from the Arabic word banan, which means finger because it was around finger size. There's also another theory that says that they came from a uh, West African dialect. Mm -hmm. So the modern banana was developed in Africa around 650 CE. um, And there was a crossbreeding between two types of bananas called the Musa Acuminata and the Musa Bulbasiana. Haley is in Latin too. Yes, I am. I'm very proud of that. Even and though I was in Latin three at school, we've had kind of like a digress <laughs> in knowledge. <laughs> but do you know, I mean, these are Latin names. So do you know what these Latin names mean? I don't. They don't really go over that. You mostly just read Roman stories about how murderous the Romans were. There's like it feels like 50,000 words just for the just for the word kill in Latin. <laughs> so just you mean to tell me death. that they don't teach banana vernacular in Latin? Yeah, no, they do not. That do needs that. to change. That's not covered. That needs <laughs> uh, one of the first bananas 
um, to sort of be given a name, sort of be cataloged, was called the Cavendish Banana. So this was from the sixth Duke of Devonshire, William Spencer Cavendish, where he essentially just had his royal gardener go to southern China, bring back a bunch of plants to put in his garden. So he essentially just had these bananas growing in his garden for decoration. And because of that, (laughs) once again, how about I take full credit for this and name it after myself? Oh, my God. Um, And Cavendish, like, not a horrible name considering, like... Not outstanding, though. But it's not great. Like, it's considering the the milk toast nature of a lot of British names. That one's actually not the worst. But, but... Then we have good old missionary John Williams, which is like, like there's probably like seventy five percent of the men in England at that time were named John Williams. Yeah. So essentially, the minister or uh, John Williams brought these uh, Cavendish bananas to Samoa in eighteen thirty eight, where they spread to Tonga and Fiji. So because of this, there's actually a subspecies of the Cavendish banana called the Williams. I like the Latin names better. Yeah, no, it sounds so cool. Like, everything sounds better in Latin. <laughs> like, what, are you going to, like, have, like, a subspecies of this banana? Like, here's my subspecies of the Cavendish banana. It is named Dave. Dave. The Cavendish banana kind of chilled out in Europe for a while after getting all of its uh, Britishified names. But how did bananas actually get to America? And the first banana that came to the U.S. was not the Cavendish banana. In around the 1860s, there was a banana species from Martinique that became the main banana of America. So its French name was Gros Michel, which I guess translates to Big Mike. Or you could call it, as I do, Gros Michael. (laughs) That's not how you say it, but that's what I thought it was. (laughs) Big Mike or Gros Michael or however you want to say it was a favorite because it was easy to ship. The skin didn't bruise while it was shipping. It had a really nice kind of like bold banana e flavor. And Gross. and the thing was <laughs> to some people, but Sorry. America liked it because bananas weren't really in the American consciousness until around when it was sort of brought to the US during the, the Philadelphia World's Fair and, and um, that which sort of propagated it. So Americans were happily munching on this exotic new fruit for for years and years and years, almost about like a hundred years. So from like 1860s to like 1950s, Big Mike owned the banana market. He was top banana, if you will say. No! (laughs) Here's the problem, though. The Big Mike banana with its you know, bruise-resistant skin and its wonderful banana flavor and the fact that it didn't have giant seeds like the ancient banana is the result of monoculture and generations and generations of banana inbreeding. And I mean, like, there was zero genetic diversity in, in any of these bananas, which is kind of what monoculture is. All it really takes is one measly little fungus to just come along and absolutely destroy. Absolutely decimate the entire species <laughs> is what we're getting at. Yeah, so, so around the 1950s, there was a, a fungus called um, Tropical Race 1. Or Fusarium oxporium. Very fancy. The strain recognize- of the Panama disease. I do yeah. not recognize anything out of that. 
fungus of the Panama disease essentially wiped out the entire crop. Um, another word for it was also banana wilt. Like that was just the name of the disease because that's what it did to the plants. Like it's like, oh, you know, here comes this fungus. I wonder what it's going to do to my banana plants. Oh, it wilts them. We must call it banana wilt. Not everybody's going to be using that Latin name. No. Or like the tropical race one or Panama disease. They're just going to be like, my banana's wilting. <laughs> so easy. Yeah. So banana wilt actually wiped out the Big Mike banana species, which was kind of a tragedy. Earlier, we were talking about good old William Spencer Cavendish, the sixth Duke of Devonshire, who who had the Cavendish banana species in his garden. So it turns out that the Cavendish banana species was a little more resilient. So because Big Mike was effectively extinct, we then turned to the Cavendish banana to save the day. What's interesting, though, is that it's though it's clear to sort of see what is the the OG banana in terms of what came to the U.S. first. What's interesting is that before any banana arrived in the U.S., a whole decade before that, there was already banana-flavored candy in the United States. So that brings us to our main question, which is where the heck did banana flavoring come from? Because people could easily say it's definitely based off the old one, but... You start diving into it more, people are like, I don't know, man, it could just be this chemical compound. The original banana flavoring is based solely on Big Mike. And it all kind of boils down to this chemical called isoamyl acetate or amyl acetate, which is what gives bananas its banana flavor. So, um, Haley, with your hatred of bananas, you can kind of thank amyl acetate. When I was researching into it, it quite literally says it has a mixture of more volatile compounds that are responsible for this characteristic banana flavor. Volatile was the description. (laughs) Like, that's bad. (laughs) The current Cavendish banana does not have the same flavor necessarily as Big Mike. So all of this to say is that when you're biting into a piece of banana Laffy Taffy, you're actually tasting Big Mike or the OG banana of the past because it is based on Big Mike's high concentration of isoamyl acetate. Which kind of lends itself to apparently the faker taste of banana. Right. That's how they describe it, like a faker taste of banana, even though that it's based off an old banana. And that's what's interesting is that so anyone born after, you know, like the like 1950s, 1960s probably didn't really grow up with the Big Mike banana and probably grew up eating the Cavendish banana. Mm. So I know at least in our generation, I've never eaten like any other kind of banana. So we have no way of really knowing what is the original because this Cavendish banana, which is kind of an imposter. Imposter. I will put the Among Us sound effect. No! <laughs> so that's the thing. If we were to eat a Big Mike banana now, which is impossible because they're extinct, it would actually taste less like a real banana to us. That's crazy to me. So you'd be thinking now, you know, the Cavendish bananas going going strong, right? Wrong. <laughs> wrong. It is dying. <laughs> No, we are, we are kind of in a banana crisis right now. Yeah. Cavendish is, makes up 99% of exported bananas today. Uh, since it was able to survive this whole strain of Panama disease, everybody was like, let's get on this. This isn't affected. This is our perfect solution. Now, 
it is no longer the perfect solution. Bananas work hard, but fungal diseases work harder. They really do work harder. <laughs> they really do. So there's no way that they could have avoided this because it's not an if it's going to face extinction, it's when at this point, <laughs> which is sad. That sounds so foreboding. Sad, well, sad for you banana lovers. <laughs> not for me. I'm built different. <laughs> uh, tropical race 4, TR4, is the new strain of this Panama disease that's coming out. And I know what you're thinking. Tropical race 4 sounds like a new Capri Sun that's about to come out. <laughs> nope, it's just going to cause banana wilt. This is just going to cause banana wilt. We're gonna, the banana, as we know, is just going to die. Uh, this is actually so bad that Colombia declared like a state of emergency for bananas. <laughs> so now we have the problem. It's hard and expensive for fruit companies to cultivate all these different and new varieties. And while there are places that are trying to make another banana that is resistant to this new form of fungus, which let's face it, this will probably happen again years down the line when Tropical 25 comes out. <laughs> Uh, even that, so like the Honduras Foundation for Agricultural Research, they're developing something right now. That process can take 15 to 20 years. Del Monte Fruit Corp, which is one of these giant like banana monopolies, is like working with this research university in Australia to develop, um, using CRISPR technology to genetically develop a banana that will withstand TR4. And that's the another problem with it. Because we can genetically engineer these new bananas, but what are all those granola moms going to do hearing that their new banana is genetically engineered? CRISPR just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like living my life. And I was I like, hear about it all the time. <laughs> how, about, how about we start rearranging your genes? <laughs> how about we do a little sweet swap? <laughs> new banana just dropped. Babe, Let's wake pick up. it up. Let's pick it up. <laughs> Babe, wake up. New banana just dropped. <laughs> I want to just say, to wrap everything up, is this bad? Bananas are are terrible. They're gross. And you know what? There are people are going to be out there saying you need your potassium and bananas give you that. But think about this. There is such a thing as having too much potassium. And what that is my that's what happened to my dad. Oh my god. Like <laughs> What did bananas do to your father? <laughs> I don't know, but the doctor told him he said you have it you have, you have to stop <laughs> eating bananas. And so now we call him banana man. All right, Haley, because, you know, I understand you hate bananas so much, mm -hmm. um, and I feel kind of bad. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk about bananas just for a little longer. I want you to take a look at this ad right here. This is from the New York Academy of Medicine Library, and it's the back cover of, a, of like, a recipe book called The New Banana from 1931. Oh, well, that's not the, the, really the new banana then. No. <laughs> you got to wait a little bit. But that's not, that's not the worst thing. So it's... It, it says in such like beautiful font, it's very like well printed, it says bananas and bacon and underneath guaranteed to start conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's some conversation that's going to start. It's going to be like, what are you what cooking? What did you serve me? What, what, what did you serve me? What, what abomination beyond human comprehension have also, you put onto my plate? <laughs> it looks very like Andrew Warhol. Like, is this like... Where he got it's very well done. He, this is like where he got his inspiration for his banana pop art was like the bananas and bacon ad you for saw like that and he was like for like <laughs> 1930s housewives serving cursed hors d'oeuvres. All right, and here's another thing. So um, 
this is something I found on uh, Urban List, which is kind of like a like a BuzzFeed type site. So it's a um, it's a little list called 28 things only people who hate bananas understand. Right, so I guess go. I guess I just inherently don't have this knowledge. No, you don't. No. You don't. All right. So I'm not going to read all 28, but um, oh, here's this one. You can barely bring yourself to open the freezer when your mom slash sister slash roommate puts them in and they turn black. Yes, that's the thing. It's it's a permeating it's a nice, smell. A nice little surprise when you open the fridge. When they put the banana bread in the fridge, it gets into everything. I'll be eating food. And I'll be like, I taste banana. I taste banana on this right now. I was like, on it this- infects it. <laughs> infected. I also like on this list it says, note, there's no mention of boyfriends or girlfriends doing this because if they really loved you, they wouldn't bring bananas into the house. Wow. So, Actually, yeah, I'm gonna hold my par- partner to that, those standards. If you ever start dating someone... Don't say the if again. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of this. <laughs> if you ever start dating... This episode of Unconventional Wisdom was written by me, Kelly McMahon. And Haley Ferrella. And produced as part of Massachusetts Daily Collegian. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this wasn't too bananas. Boo! (laughs) Bad joke.